just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast, and on this podcast, Ed will join us, as he often does, a reoccurring character on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Ed, I know you were anxious to talk today, sitting down there in uh, steamy Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, it's even steamy. I just came in from mowing the lawn, and uh, so I'm uh, I'm a little sweaty. It took me longer than I thought. I came in, I couldn't believe it was uh, noon already. But uh, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm pumped. I mean, uh, things have really picked up over the last couple of weeks So many, in so many ways. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, Biden's having a really great couple of weeks, and, and Trump, not so much. <laughs> Trump and the Dem- uh, Republicans are having a rough time. I've done some TikToks about this. This is a great day for Democrats and a horrific day for Donald Trump. Now, we talked about, uh, the FBI searching or raiding and people always want to argue with me about the semantics semantics. It wasn't a raid. It was a search warrant and they called ahead of time. Look, Donald Trump called it a fucking raid. When you yeah. have 50 FBI agents come to your house, search your house, take shit you shouldn't have out of your house. That's about as close to a raid as you're going to fucking get without being yeah, a raid. And I don't think the semantics matter so much right no, now. No, I don't think that's an issue right now. Uh, so I, I'll go with either one. If somebody wants to call it a raid, that's fine. If they want them to call it a, a coffee clatch, I'm good with that, too. A little uh, soiree, if you will. <laughs> there you go. A soiree when he was out of town, which I'm sure was... Uh, was on purpose. Uh, one, uh, what do you call him, Trumplifux? I know yeah, I saw on yeah. Twitter was said, well, they, they did it because Tucker Carlson was on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they give a fuck about Tucker Carlson. So I yeah. did a podcast last night or for this morning, and it, it was a crazy day because we know that, uh, um, uh, we know that he had his house searched. And then all the Republicans were saying, you should show what you're doing, prove that it's all a hoax and do all that shit. But Donald Trump wasn't saying anything about that. And then a lot of Democrats said, look, man, Donald Trump could release that search warrant and all the list of what they were looking for and what they got. No problem. He has every right to do that. Then Donald Trump says, yeah, I'm not going to do that, <laughs> which isn't surprising, which makes the Republicans look stupid. So. We're sitting there later last night, and then we get this report from the Washington Post that says the FBI went there looking specifically for documents pertaining to nuclear weapons. Well, wait a fucking minute. That changes everything here. Right. And not only that, but signal communications, too, uh, which means uh, the kind of... uh, um, thing that uh, without going into detail that I actually used to do when I was in the army security agency. And you don't want that stuff to get out because they can try. You remember the Pueblo? 
uh, yeah. many years ago. It was a, a it was an American spy ship that was off the coast of North Korea, and they captured it, and they had the crew hostage for a while. We traded and got them back and so forth. But they got a lot of the uh, um, technical Technology, ability, yeah. yeah, the technology that we had. So by the time I was doing what I did, it was doubly hard because they stopped using those kinds of communications. Right. It was a big, big data breach there because of that. So a lot more harm than uh, the military ever let out because it, it allowed North Korea to pretty much go silent right. um, after that, except for new technologies that we may manage to come up with. And um, this this is what can happen if uh, I mean Trump is he's a couple of times he was uh, in uh, just shooting off his mouth uh, to show the what he knew and right. gave up some uh, uh, some uh, actually sensitive information. Uh, he talked. We know he talked to uh, uh, the Russian ambassador and others, and probably let stuff out then as to, uh, also. But that's also what they were looking for: uh, things that might betray the way we find out information right. uh, included in what that they were looking for, in addition to nuclear secrets and so forth. And you know what? I'm not so sure that this it may be tied to the Russians. I mean, this whole thing was shocking, but at the same time, not surprising. The idea that Donald Trump had this self-importance, this ownership of everything that he came in touch with, and he knew that these documents had some value. And we know Donald Trump is a grifter. So if he can find a way to make money after he's lost an election, it's not surprising that he would do that. Um, there's a lot of things that happened leading up to this during his term that make you, uh, make you question this whole thing. You'll remember when he was just in office, he had, uh, some Russian spies in the Oval Office of all places. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. reported that he inadvertently let some top secret information slip. We know that. Yep. You know that while he was in office, he was really pushing hard to sell um, nuclear weapons to Saudi Arabia. He was so excited about this fact that he wanted to bypass Congress in order to do it. Yeah, he and Michael Flynn, remember Michael Flynn uh, was involved with that, and also a little guy named Jared Kushner. Right. Well, then here's the other interesting point. Jared Kushner, after the election— starts a little company to do investing, even though he's never, ever done that. He's never worked for anybody but his mom and dad or his father-in-law. He's never done anything on his own. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Saudi Arabians said, sure, here's $2 billion. Manage it for us. There's a lot of interesting things here. And I'm I'm wondering if Donald Trump has turned his attention from the Russians, because he's drained pretty much everything he can out of them to the Saudi Arabians as a new source of money. Now, at the same time, I think the Russians may be a little angry at uh, Donald because maybe they don't think they got their money's worth out of him. Maybe they do, but maybe they don't. But as long as Donald Trump has these documents, he can he can placate the Russians and maybe grift money from the Saudi Arabians or even grift money from Russia or North Korea. I mean, that's the fucking thing. His best buddies are Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin, and the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. 
and he's yes, got documents of nuclear weapons. That's a fucking problem. It is. And uh, I, that was the first place my mind went. My mind's kind of like a, uh, you remember those uh, uh, hallways in high school where you had lockers all along the way? Well, that's kind of like my mind is. And, you know, every now and then I open the locker. Oh, look what's in the air. I'd forgotten all about this. But yeah. that's exactly the same with the... Uh, that I, my mind immediately went into the locker that had Michael Flynn, Saudi Arabia, uh, giving them uh, nuclear technology. Uh, by the way, the, uh, uh, what Trump uh, let the Russians know was uh, some, th- some uh, uh, sensitive information about Israel that uh, because of the way he knew it, he essentially let the Russians know how we found it out, which is, uh, was a huge gap. By well, the way, and if he, I had done it, I'd be sitting in Leavenworth right now. Absolutely. And, and you know, he talks about, we love Israel, we do this, but he put them in serious danger. You know, I tell people there was a time in my life when my mind was like a steel trap. At 62, it's more like one of those Chinese finger traps now. But it's <laughs> it still can lock some shit down now and again. Uh, uh, so... Now we're sitting here waiting on this. Did it surprise you when Donald Trump came out and said, sure, release it on his true uh, social thing? Uh, no, because I, I think, you know, bravado is uh, is his go-to position. It's like he's saying, well, you know, but he, he prefaced that several times by, uh, um, you know, saying that anything bad that was there, they, they planted anything else he declassified before he took it. Which you, you you can't do after you're president. You have to do it while you're president, right. and it has to be noted. There's a process and so forth. You can't just say, "Oh, well, this uh, this I declassified this and, and stick it in a briefcase." No, it doesn't work that way. No, it and, doesn't work uh, that way. And if we're talking about nuclear documents, there are more steps to it because that's a level above normal classified or even top secret. Uh, documents you can maybe declassify them and he'll try to use that but we'll find out he didn't go through the proper process and it'll just be a delay but with nuclear shit that's a whole different deal that's something well, different. absolutely absolutely and everything above a certain level is on what they call the need to know basis i mean i was in military intelligence i know how this works right and uh, i had a top secret security clearance but that's not very high you get into letters and numbers after that, and it's still on a need to know. I didn't need to know what the guy on uh, two desks down from me was doing, so I didn't, and right. I wasn't supposed to. It's the same way b- between agencies, and even the president has to have a need to know something in order to know it. Well, you remember, too, Jared Kushner, when they first got into office, <laughs> he was having yeah. a heck of a time getting clearance. And Donald Trump basically said, "Fuck it, give it to him anyway." And they had no yeah, choice. I don't, yeah, I don't think he ever would have passed because, well, number one, his father was sitting in prison <laughs> at the time, and uh, you know, a number of other he had a, so many shady connections. There's no way he could ever have gotten uh, a top secret security clearance. I know that when I joined the military and. Uh, for the per for the job that I eventually wound up doing, it took them. I was halfway through the training before my clearance cleared. It right. took them 
uh, all of basic training plus three months of, of language school before I cleared. And a number of people called my mother and father and said, well, what's up with Eddie? Which is what I was known as back then. These guys came and asked me a bunch of questions. One of them was a guy at the, who owned the store where I was a bag boy, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and a, a friend of mine was was kicked out of the uh, uh, language school, uh, which, you know, was very sensitive. Uh, um, they really, you know, looked hard at your background because he had stolen a tie when he worked in a uh, or had taken a tie when he worked as a, in a haberdashery. And uh, the guy mentioned it. Wow. And that, that got him thrown out. Guess what they, what, guess what happened to him? What? They made, they made him a, a military policeman. Oh, there you go. Good move. Good move. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, what can he do? I mean, he was not, he was not probably a security risk. And the unfortunate thing, it was that he was the best language guy amongst us. He had a facility for it, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, they take this stuff very, very seriously is what I'm saying. And, and I don't know how. I, I don't know why there wasn't more pushback about the Jared Kushner uh, security clearance. Well, because you got Donald Trump as president, and clearly when you're president, you can get away with virtually anything. You can tell us that no one's above the law, but I'm telling you, what we know now is the sitting president is, in fact, above the law. Now, maybe he'll he'll pay the price after he's out of office, but while he's in office, nobody can try to convince me that he is not above the law because Donald Trump broke every law, obstruction and other things, and he was not accountable for them. Now, the, inter- the, the interesting thing is, is now people are wondering, you know, he says, go ahead, release it. But we've seen this before. I mean, he's gone on and said, yeah, I'd be happy to release my taxes. I'd be happy to do this <laughs> until the lawyers sit down with him and say, no, you fucking dummy. We're not going to do that. I'm convinced that by the time we get to the point where they're going to have to answer to this, that maybe the the uh, um, lawyers have changed that plan of not objecting. Now, the, the important thing is, is even if he does object, the judge can say, not good enough reason. We're still fucking releasing it. And you throw in that there is is nuclear do- nuclear documents in this thing. It may not matter what Donald Trump and his lawyers say. Exactly. And and I don't think Biden is going to sanction his attorney general if he just went ahead and released it. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, no. uh, you know, and uh, the Republicans can't do anything about it. They don't chair any committee or anything that could have they could do, I suppose, some sort of minority uh uh, a committee thing that met in the parking lot or something, you know, the, uh, uh, but they, they really have no power at this point to, to go after anybody, which is why McCarthy is threatening, threatening the attorney general when they take power, uh, yeah, which yeah. who knows they might, but it's no, looking more and more won't. like they won't. So, uh, well, did you hear too? I heard this yesterday that in addition to Merrick Garland saying, go ahead, release it that uh, several media outlets like CNN, MSNBC have petitioned the court to release it for purposes of the general public knowing it. Granted, if they they get it released, it's going to be redacted, but released nonetheless. Well, the the thing is, uh, 
Washington Post, New York Times, papers like this have already seen it. I mean, I guarantee you that they have enough, uh, they, enough uh, ways to get to see things, enough people here and there yeah. that they know exactly what's in it. You know, they may not be, quote, legally able to do it, but, you know, it can come out in various and sundry other ways. I mean, uh, how do they know about the nuclear stuff? How did they know about the, uh, the signal intelligence uh, that that's what they were looking for? I mean, yeah. uh, uh, you have, how many agents was it? One of them is probably on the New York Times payroll. You never know, or maybe the one of the uh, one of Trump's guys. Yeah, uh, it's pretty obvious that somebody within Trump's circle, and uh, I think it was Ma- Mark Mulvaney I saw on uh, oh, one of the talk shows saying, "Well, really, there's only about eight people that would be able to do that." <laughs> I think most of them are related in one way yeah. or another to Donald Trump. Well, we when know you there think was about it. We know there was an informant in Donald Trump's house. That's how they got all this information. That's how they found it. Now, now there are some people I've talked to because there's always people with a negative spin on everything. And they say, well, they'll just probably block it and we'll never see it. And I explained to them one thing. I said, if we see it, it's going to be bad. Yeah. If we don't see it, it's going to be worse because right. we know nuclear documents are in there and our imaginations will run wild and make it worse than it already is. So Donald Trump and the Republicans are in a fucking spot. Do you release it and expose the criminality or do you just leave it to everybody's imagination and make it worse? Cause when it comes down to it, it's all about votes in the midterms. Do you want your yeah. people to know what the fuck happened, even if it was minor? Or do you want them to imagine the worst when you come to the midterm? So Donnie and, and the Republicans are fucked either way they go. Um, well, I certainly hope so. Uh, but um, we know that uh, Trump at, at one point, um, and I, I don't remember where he said this, but I've seen it written down like, 10 times over the last 24 hours where uh, he was talking about our nuclear arsenal. And he right. said, we have things you've never heard of. We have things that are amazing that the, that the Putin and Z have no idea. And, you know, and he went on, he didn't give anything away except that we had something that they don't know about that they right. haven't seen. Now, the question is, is that true? Uh, we're porous enough that they probably have a fairly good idea of what we have, just like we have a really good idea of what they have. But you don't go around spreading that kind of thing because uh, one word can sometimes uh, key something to uh, people right. who, uh, who can put things together quite quickly. Well, uh, they, there may be a scientific journal where sometimes uh, where somebody put a paper out that uh, conjecture on something and they go, hmm, does that mean the Americans are working on that? And then the president says something and, you know, it all they put it all together. That's what an analyst does is you take bits and pieces. and It's like a crossword puzzle right. where all the pieces are white. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to put up, put it together. That's what it, military intelligence is like. And it's. uh it's it's a game of inches. It's a game of uh, that's why the people who do it 
are uh, uh, you're really uh, really anal wonky types, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> to put it mildly. Well, the thing about it is Donald Trump can't help but brag, can't help but right. try to make himself right. look good and smart and be the insider and have stuff uh, that everybody else has. But there's another reason for doing what he did there, if you think about it. And maybe you don't because it's uh, you, you maybe never really worked in sales as much as I have. No, but, not at all. I couldn't sell ice water in hell in July. So. Okay, okay. Well, if I'm going to sell something, I'm going to hype it ahead of time. I know all this stuff. I have all this stuff. And then when he's in a position, when he's out of office and has these documents, these people are going to be hungry for that shit. And that makes the price go up. Donald Trump, if anything, he is a salesman. He may not be a good salesman. He may not be a good businessman, but he knows how to grift. And right. he may have been setting up Putin and, and, and Chi and all these people to say, oh, I got some shit. You got to come get that chip, but you got to give me something. And he's always selling. He's either yeah. selling himself or selling an idea or selling his people or selling fucking documents, apparently. Uh, apparently he is. Uh, one other thing that occurred to me, and this is slightly off topic, but maybe not really. Uh, I'm sure you saw the pictures that, that showed up uh, on the various social media platforms of pieces of documents floating in the toilet. Yeah. Have you seen those? I have. Did your, uh, that, that was another locker that opened in my mind. Back when, when Trump was first in office, he was complaining about plumbing. And yeah. he, he said, you have to flush 15 times. Yeah. Uh, to get it, we need to improve our plumbing. We need to, where you fl- only have to flush once. Um, what was he trying to flush, Reckon? Yeah. Yeah. No shit. No shit. Either you, well, here, here's the thing. When I first heard about these, this paper <coughs> in the toilet, I said to myself, okay, if he tore this stuff and put it in the toilet, that's, that's weird. That's, that's pretty damning. Yep. But then I remembered, <laughs> I remembered that somebody also said that he ate some of these things. Yep. So then my mind went really a far field and I thought, God, I hope it's not these fucking papers after they've run into his colon. Cause I do not want to see that bullshit. <laughs> That's hard to put that back together. Yeah. But, it is uh, hard to put that back together. Take it out of your mind. Yeah, I, that was one of my tweets the other day. Uh, they had to go get the documents before he ate them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, which is weird, weird stuff. I mean, well, you, I, that's weirder than I even thought he was. You know, the thing about it is, is that, um, the whole, the whole idea that he does this all the time is, is interesting. It says a lot. I mean, I'm guessing a lot of stuff that he tore up, destroyed, ate, flushed down the toilet was really not a big deal. It just no. seems like his OCD, no paperwork, no paper trail, but there is a paper trail. You know, see, the problem is, is he doesn't do emails because not because he's super cautious, but because he's 76 years old and couldn't figure out a fucking email to save his life. So what his people yeah. do then is they take out the emails, print them out and give it to him. He's flushing yeah. all these documents, but he's piling up these emails on paper because he's too stupid to actually figure out how to run a fucking computer. This guy is not a smart man. 
And smart men all or dumb men always get caught. And he's sitting on the precipice of his life being over. God, I hope so. I mean, I don't think there's ever been. I mean, if I had been around when Hitler was around, I would have felt the same way about him, I'm sure. Or Stalin. Um, certainly, I felt that way about uh, whatever version of the uh, the Kim family was working North Korea uh, or running North Korea at the time. And um, it was the grandfather was in when I was uh, was uh, monitoring North Korea, but uh, um, I, I felt the same way about the other two. And the the version we have now is by far the worst, I think, because he's yeah. uh, he's had you know he's what's the word I want? It's uh, it's an inbred thing, and he is he's barely human by this point. Uh, uh, he's he's so far gone. But in um, Putin, I don't know. I think he's on his last legs and he might, you know, he scares me because if you're on your last legs, you're getting ready to die and you have this push to put the Soviet Union back together. Are you going to give a shit about nuclear war? Maybe not. That bothers me. Uh, The Saudis, same thing. You can't tell me. You cannot tell me. No one can convince me that if they got the bomb, that Israel wouldn't be a smoking hole within a week now well, israel has the bomb too but a, a, a preemptive strike is uh, is hard to defend against when we're talking nuclear well yeah when you look at the saudis i mean saudis have always been the friends of a lot of presidents they were the friends of the bush family mainly because they were both on in the oil industry 9-11 happens and the vast majority of the pilots that that crashed into buildings and into the ground were Saudi Arabians. So immediately, George W. Bush says, let's get those fucking Iraqis. It never came to his mind that it might be the Saudi Arabians. Yeah, they act nice to us, but they do a lot of fucked up shit. They kill this journalist. Donald Trump lets them off. They give Jared Jared, uh, Kushner $2 billion, and you know Donald Trump's in there getting his taste. No way Jared Kushner is getting $2 billion and Donald Trump is not sticking his fingers in that fucking pie. There's no question about it. Maybe it's just a way to make it look good. Donald, you get us this shit, you know, because um he's had these documents for 18 months. Right. I mean, he could be doing one of a couple of things. He could be running off mimeograph copies. And I say mimeograph because his technological expertise is a little low. But he could be running off these mimeographs, sniffing the paper, and then sending (laughs) it to fucking Chi or Putin or the Saudi Arabian French. Or he could be just inviting people over and have a viewing party. Either way, it's just as detrimental. He's probably not packing up the documents in a manila envelope and sending them to him. He's not going to give them to him, but he's going to give them the information that's on those documents. Well, uh, well let me throw this out there uh, about the Saudis. Uh, you've, um, I'm sure at some point in your life, uh, you've seen Lawrence of Arabia, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I have. You know, and uh, how Lawrence is down there and he's uh, he's convincing the Arabs to join us in fighting. Well, I guess he's fighting the Ottoman Empire, the ones that were uh, 
aligned with the Germans that that were fine. That he was British, of course, Lawrence, but uh, we were involved with it too. So uh, the Saudi family was chosen essentially uh, to take over that part of what became Saudi Arabia after World War One, when Britain, the United States, all of the other French, all of the other colonizers kind of divided up the Middle East. So uh, they've been uh, kind of uh, our guys for a long, 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 long time because we Mm -hmm. wanted the oil. So we've been protecting them. Now, the the other thing is the the Wahhabis, the the branch of uh, uh, the extreme branch of of, uh, Islam that uh, has taken root there, uh, very, very anti-American. Uh, they don't want any foreigners anywhere near Mecca, anywhere near uh, anything that has to do with the, with the Muslim religion. And quite frankly, I don't blame them. I don't think anybody else would either. Uh, nobody wants to be controlled by a foreign power. But uh, they kind of, the Saudi family, uh, the family of Saud, kind of struck a deal with them and said, you do your shit anywhere in the world you want except here. Right. And you're okay. Now, over in Syria, Assad, the father, uh, had a different tack. Uh, they were centered in one city, and he just blew up the city and and <laughs> dealt with them that way. Uh, the Saudis were a little more restrained and basically said that's why uh, uh, Osama bin Laden, of course, was, was in, in Afghanistan or wherever he was, and, and, you know, because he was in various places when he did his dirty deed. Uh, and, and attacked the World Trade Center. But they, of course, um, were a big part of that. Not only, as you pointed out, that the pilots who flew the planes and so forth, but the, the wife of the Saudi ambassador paid the rent of some of the pilots in right. Florida. Um, and uh, they were very much tied into it because they know that the, the Wahhabis can at any point rise up against them and can probably turn the people against them and they would be gone just uh, like that. Right. So, uh, and I also, and for, I'm, I'm casually associated with someone who works for Raytheon, uh, the American, um, defense company who handles the Saudi Air defenses. I don't know if they still do or not, but at one point, all of the computerized air defenses were run out of Raytheon here in the United States. And um, I think that is, I think that has eased at this point. But I, I heard through this person who shall remain nameless that um, they had built into the software basically a poison pill. That if the Saudis ever got out of line, they just, you know, press the metaphorical button and shut down their entire air defense system. I see so, that. Uh, yeah. And, and then we have that kind of when, when we do, uh, these kind of technological, um, enhancements for foreign countries, no matter who it is, we build that in so that if circumstances change, which they can rapidly, um, they can uh, can basically uh, deny them the benefit of what we've been doing, and we never give them complete access. Um, just to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, 
but there's all kinds of things that we can reveal to people from documents that would hurt the United States in so many ways that uh, I'm not, my one question is why didn't they do it sooner? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way I've talked about this and people says, well, it's not, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. But first and foremost, he took documents from the White House to Mar-a-Lago. That is a crime. That is a crime. When yes. they asked for it back and they went down and got the 15 boxes, National Archives, and they didn't give back everything, that is a crime. Yep. And then it always struck me as strange. They find out that there's more stuff down there. They don't run in and grab it. What they do is they start negotiating um, with Donald Trump to try to get this obviously sensitive documentation back, which strikes me as strange. I mean, if someone comes to your house and steals your TV set and you find out who stole the TV set, do you then go negotiate and work on their terms to get your very own fucking property back? That makes no goddamn sense. Uh, No, it doesn't. And I'm still not sure what the deal is there. I do think there was a disconnect that they didn't realize they hadn't gotten everything. But I know a subpoena was issued. And ignored. If you studied Latin in high school, you know a subpoena means under punishment. That's what the words mean. Right. The word. So uh, they are basically saying either you do this or you will suffer punishment because of it. Right. And uh, uh, people have lost sight of that because so many people just aren't responding to subpoenas. Uh, I mean, some Mark Meadows and, and so many others were subpoenaed by the January 6th committee uh, and they just chose not to respond. Um, uh, Lindsey Graham subpoenaed to appear in court. Rudy Giuliani. And they keep hedging and and. And and nothing happens uh, with a subpoena. If you or I are issued a subpoena and we don't show uh, in court, then they uh, they send out an, uh, another. Uh, wa- they send out a warrant for failure to appear, right. which is another crime. So right. you you add on, and we will suffer the uh, the consequences for failure to appear. Why they're not enforcing those, I don't know. Well, the thing about it is, is there's a big difference between a subpoena coming from Congress and a subpoena coming from the DOJ. There's a big difference there. There's more uh, of a potential punishment from the DOJ than there is the Congress. That shouldn't be the case, but clearly it is the case. In order to punish these people, Congress can't punish them directly. They've got to refer them to the DOJ, and then the DOJ decides whether they're punished. Now, if you refuse a subpoena from the DOJ, that's a little different story because they've got direct access to punish you, and they will punish you. Lindsey Graham and Rudy Giuliani are finding this out now. Not even the DOJ, but even the state of Georgia. Giuliani tried to get out of testifying there, but you know what? He's going to have <laughs> but, to fucking go. Yeah, they sent him a bus ticket. <laughs> they sent him a bus. I can't fly because I'm ill. Okay, uh, get an Uber. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the same is going for Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham's trying to get out of testifying in, in Georgia, but he's not going to get out of it. 
He no. might be able to avoid the J6 committee, but he's not going to be able to avoid uh, the state of Georgia or the DOJ. And 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 what we're seeing as far as people uh, going to be called on the carpet, this is just the beginning. It's going to get fucking crazy with all the people that are going to be forced to talk. Yeah, I mean, we know more January uh, 6th. Uh, committee hearings are coming up and they're probably right now going, we need more staff <laughs> just yeah. to handle this. But, uh, I think what is it? People go, well, you know, they issued a subpoena to Mark Meadows and to this one and to that one and they didn't show up and they were referred to the DOJ and they, they did nothing. Well, what we, well, people tend to forget is that the DOJ, the Department of Justice has a separate investigation going as opposed to the January 6th. They've asked the January 6th for evidence and so forth, but theirs is ongoing. My guess is they refer Mark Meadows to the DOJ. DOJ calls him up and says, Mark, you know, we could throw your ass in the the dungeon for 50 years if we wanted to, but if you start talking, uh, we'll... uh, you know, we'll uh, reconsider that. So I really do think Mark Meadows has been cooperating with the DOJ for some time now. Oh, that makes and sense. Remember, I mean, he, he's definitely remember. a target because he's the middleman between Donald Trump. You can't catch Donald Trump on text or emails, but Mark Meadows was the middleman for that. So, you know, he's the target of the DOJ, the J6 committee. And uh, that's why Donald Trump wants to throw him under the bus. But that won't work. Well, and think about it. He's chief of staff. Yeah, he's, he's chief the main of guy. Staff when Trump is packing up to leave, maybe yeah. he knows what's in the boxes. Maybe he's the one who tipped them. Some people suggested that, and that makes some sense. I don't know how much time he spends down in Mar-a-Lago, but None. presumably he's been down there and knows what Donald Trump has and where he might keep it because the FBI knew right where to go. They went to the safe. They went to whatever. Uh, the funniest thing about this is the, 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 the FBI had been to Mar-a-Lago before knowing that he had some pretty sensitive shit. And for whatever reason, they didn't take it when he went there and they said, look, man, that's sensitive shit. You better protected better than you're having it you can't just keep it in a fucking hamper in the basement so they took that extra step and that was by putting a padlock on a closet or something well we we know we know when it comes to russians the chinese the saudi arabians or north koreans they are completely flummoxed when they come across a padlock and they can't figure that shit out. No, they can't uh, figure that shit out at all. So, and said, well, yeah, uh, they don't have bolt cutters, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the weird thing is they knew about this stuff. They knew it was sensitive. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they knew it had nuclear, nuclear uh, documents in this thing. So that's a good question. If you know all this stuff and it's been 18 months that he's had this stuff, and he's knowingly tried to hide it. He gave some shit back, but held on to this stuff for whatever reason. Um, and then you have to wonder why he held on to it. I think, I think that, you know, if he was going to use it to grift money or favor or something like that, he's already done that. 
you would have done that in 18 months. He's not patient like that. But I think he realizes, and the people around him realizes, once people know what he had, that is going to be a shitstorm. And that's why he's trying to hold on to it and not give it back. Um, I, I agree. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. And um, something I've been thinking about for a while now is when does he run? Uh, because I think he will, because he can't lose. He can't see himself in an orange jumpsuit. He cannot. I mean, it would, it would kill the guy. Um, yeah. Which is what I'm looking forward to. But uh, I think he could, he could conceivably think, well, I've got this stuff. I can go anywhere. There's no extradition and I can live off of this, these documents for the rest of my life. Cause you know, they're going to freeze his assets. If he, if he runs every oh, yeah. penny he has will be totally, uh, uh, locked up some way or other. Um, so he has to have something that he can transport easily transported and, um, that he can trade for money again. And, uh, I wouldn't imagine that Saudi Arabia would turn him down. I, no. I would, if, if I were him, I would, I would uh, definitely not think about going to Russia. Um, no, once, no. once Putin falls and Putin will fall, um, within, before the end of the year, I think he's either going to be dead or out of power. I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that I'm, I'm intuiting that. Okay. No, <laughs> I don't the di- universe. I don't disagree with you. And you know, you make a good point about Donald Trump. <clears throat> Having had some experience with narcissists, there is a uh uh process for them. They they're bullies, they push, they push, and then things start to spiral out of out of uh control until they ultimately crash. And the final stage of most narcissists when they crash and they can't bully their way out or talk their way out of something is to bolt, to leave, to run away. I've, I've experienced that personally, but with Donald Trump, Donald Trump is such a fucking coward. And here's the problem. (laughs) It's not like he can go someplace and hide. He's a former president of the United States. Everybody's going to know where he is. It's not like he can go in, into some fucking, uh, 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 town or village in Bali and put on a t-shirt and act like a, a guy catching crabs. He can't do that. And he's too old to do that. So it wouldn't surprise me that he runs, but uh, he, yeah, that's the only thing he's going to run. He's going to run from the law as opposed to run for reelection. He's not running for reelection, but it'll be interesting to see when he's finally cornered to the point where he can do nothing. It is common practice for narcissists to run, but can he run? I don't know if he can. Well, I I don't know if he can either. We know he has a lot less money than uh, people think he does. Oh, no um, question. I, I was reminded of that just the other day when they were showing a, an interview with him uh, years ago where uh, the reporter was basically saying, how can you be a millionaire because your assets and your debts don't add up? You know, right. you're basically living on debt. Um, and he and he was saying, well, I think my uh, my net worth is, is it varies from day to day. And it's really how I'm feeling about it at the oh, time, yeah. you know, which is really stupid. I feel like a billionaire. So you should say I'm a billionaire. 
Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that, that I think that worked for him to a certain extent. Um, you know, I mean, uh, he was nearly broke at one point. I mean, he was broke and uh, somebody bailed him out and we assume it was the Russians. Absolutely. Uh, there was no question pl- was plenty of evidence for that working through the Deutsche Bank. And uh, well, why did the Supreme Court justice whose son worked for Deutsche Bank suddenly decide to resign? Why did that happen so that uh, they could uh, pack the court with another justice? Yeah, did no, anyone ever come up with an answer for that? No, there's no Ken- answer Kennedy for that. Kennedy, I'm talking about. You right. Know? Yeah, there's no answer for that, and hopefully someday there will be. We're, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we've got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. We're back on the Rational Boomer podcast, and uh, we've been talking about, Ed and I have been talking about this uh, issue with the documents that Donald Trump stole from the White House and the prospect of some of these documents being uh, documents pertaining to nuclear weapons, which is frightening to say the least, because I really believe that anything we could imagine that he could do with these documents, he's already done. He's already and done the, it. He's an impatient kid. Exactly. The uh, the thing to remember about him, too, he, he always pointed out that he had an uncle who was a nuclear engineer at MIT. And as if through the DNA, he knew everything there was about uh, nuclear energy and, and bombs and so forth. And, you know, it, it, many, many times that he let the cat out of the bag and he didn't know crap. Right. He wanted to use them to blow up a hurricane. He he constantly asked generals, why can't we use nukes? Why can't we use nukes in, in various uh, places and so forth, like uh, Afghanistan, for example? Right. Uh, having no sense of history, knowing that everybody is committed that if anybody ever uses nuclear weapons the way the, 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 uh, the agreement was made, everybody else turns against them. And who everybody else who has nuclear weapons turn against the one that uses them first. So if right. Russia detonates a nuclear weapon, Britain, France, the United States, um, Australia, <laughs> I don't know who, and I'm not Israel, uh, who, I'm not sure who has them, all of, you know, but there are many who do India, Pakistan, right. uh, is supposed to turn against the one who uses them. That's the way it is. And he doesn't seem to realize that or that, um, uh, you probably saw Dr. Strangelove, and at the end of that, there's a, there's a, a doomsday machine that, that just releases all the nuclear weapons, right? And uh, that actually exists, by the way. Really? really? The, the Russians actually have that set up. And uh, so if we ever um, uh, launched a nuclear weapon at Russia, all of theirs launch at us. I assume that uh, we have the same thing. Uh, not only... On land, we have submarines, and you can't tell me that we don't have them on platforms in space because I know that we do. 
Really? So uh, the entire world is a cinder. We're done. The cockroach nation arises, you know, I mean, or the rats or whoever comes after us because that's done. We're done at that point. And that's why it's so touchy. And that's why nuclear, we've gotten away from this. Those like me who grew up in the 50s will remember, duck and cover, walk home, all of these ridiculous things that we did to try to deal with the curse of nuclear, uh, the threat of nuclear war. Uh, it was a scary time. I went through the Cuban Missile Crisis. I remember that and, and how afraid everybody was. And, um, we've gotten away from that. We've lived under that cloud for so long, we've forgotten about it. But it's still there and worse than it was. We were talking atomic bombs back then. Now they're hydrogen and they're supersonic delivery systems that you cannot stop and shoot down no matter what. So uh, anything that happens, we're toast. We're done. Forget about it. It had to be pretty pretty comforting to know that if there was a nuclear attack, that you could be saved by curling up under your school desk. Who knew a school <laughs> desk could offer that kind of protection? Yeah, they should have just manufactured those and sent them to everybody, and we yeah, would have been fine. It's like, a, it's like a comedian I heard once say, you know, he says, you know, when you have a plane crash— and and the black box survives the crash, and that's where you get all the information. Yeah. Why why don't you make the plane out of the same shit you make the black box out of? Makes no fucking exactly. sense. <laughs> you know. You know. When when we first heard that Donald Trump's house had been raided or searched or whatever, there was a lot of indignation by Republicans. They were upset. They wanted to defund the FBI. They wanted to destroy the DOJ. They wanted to hang Merrick Garland. They wanted to um, um, shoot the judge who signed this order. And for whatever reason, all these politicians know that there was quite a process here. There had to be some obvious evidence. And they know this, but still, still they wanted to kind of incite the people of this country that are, you know, in agreement with Donald Trump and the rest of these dumb fucks. They did this, and they did this irresponsibly because, you know, what they were trying to do was incite the public. Now, I said that it was unlikely that we would see any groups of people attack FBI, the, 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 the Capitol, because they're cowards and they have no cover now. They have no president protecting them, no DOJ, no DOD, DOD. So they aren't going to fucking grit a group of people and go after the Capitol. But that said, there are going to be a few various and sundry crazies that take it upon themselves to do something. And of course, after these Republican politicians did what they did, we have one of those various and sundry fucking crazy nuts going to the FBI in Ohio. And he's going to attack the FBI. <laughs> and he ends up dead. And you yeah. know what? People always say, you shouldn't be glad when somebody dies. I'm glad when this motherfucker dies. Maybe somebody will learn a lesson that there is accountability and you're not going to get by with the grace of their Lord and Savior, Donald Trump, you're going to face real fucking bullets. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, there's a scene in that uh, for, for uh, a couple of years, I, I was in a, a stage adaptation of uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I played the sheriff, and uh, uh, there is a scene in there where uh, uh, they are given to know that a, a, a rabid dog is headed their way. And the sheriff gives the rifle to Atticus, Atticus Finch to have him shoot the dog because he is a, a better shot, which uh, his uh, kids are amazed to hear because he's not a man who even owns a gun. Right. But uh, uh, my character, the sheriff, tells him, yeah, he's the best shot in Macon County. But uh, uh, this is what I think of when these guys come out. Now, I love dogs. I mean, I walk my dog twice a day, a couple of miles, and I've become a town character now because yeah. I walk my dog. So oh, there's Crazy right? Eddie and the dog again. Exactly. It's exactly true. Uh, there's a couple of other characters, but I'm one of them. And uh, there's the guy who carries all his belongings in plastic bags and leaves them on benches all around town, and nobody bothers him because they know they belong to Gary, right? right. Well, I'm, I'm right in that same thing. But I nice. love dogs. But but a, a rabid dog coming at you, you have to shoot it because, number one, the dog's going to die of rabies anyway. Number two, it can infect you, and most, uh, at least at you know, that time, and, and even today, unless you're treated really quickly, you're going to die too, because it's a very virulent disease. So when you got a mad dog, you got to shoot it. It's that simple. There's no treatment for it. And it is dangerous. And that's what these guys are like. And uh, we know that this guy was a rabid uh, contributor to Truth Social. He was on there all the time. This is where he was radicalized. This is where he got the idea. And and uh, he obviously also was a big uh, YouTuber because there's several spots on YouTube where you can go where the crazies are and they tell you uh, the way to get through the ballistic glass that the uh, FBI has at their offices is to use a nail gun first. What did the guy show up with? A, a nail, nail gun. gun. It turned out to be bullshit. It didn't work, <laughs> but uh, uh, and he had to run. But that's what he was going to do: break the window with a nail gun and gun down whoever he could. But since he couldn't break the windows, he just ran, and of course was was uh, chased down and killed eventually. And, well, that, and I don't I don't glorify his death, but he was a mad dog that needed to be put down. Well, and you know this is typical with these kinds of folks. They like to think of themselves as highly trained military people, when in fact all they really are is cosplay, and they get all this information about uh, all the things they can do uh, from the Internet, from other crazy fucks. So they hear it. They don't test it out. They hear it, and they go, well, the sure way to get into bulletproof glass is with a nail gun. All right, so I'm set. I'm going to grab an AR-15 and a nail gun. I'm going to break the glass, and I'm going to go in and shoot the FBI for our Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. We're going to save this fucking country. But here's a guy who finally realized what the meaning of the term fuck around and find out. He fucked around. Mm -hmm. He found out, and he is dead, and thank God for that. Just the same with it. Ashley Babbitt, you want to make her a martyr? Fuck that. She deserved everything she got. And and as much as I don't like to like violence and I don't want to call for violence of any case, 
But sometimes with people like this, they are so bad, so evil, and so violent. Sometimes the only thing you can do, like that mad dog, like you're making the comparison, is to put the motherfuckers down. And what I mean by that is, is say you got a group of a thousand people going against the Capitol. Mm-hmm. They should never handle it like they handled it. We should have the National Guard there saying, you move a fucking inch, you're going down, you're going to get shot, because that's all they understand. And hopefully they respect that and don't move. But if they do, we've got to take serious action against these people. Well, you remember a couple of weeks before January 6th, there was a Black Lives Matter march on Washington. Right. And the, the Capitol was, uh, it, there are pictures of the, uh, the National Guard or the police or whoever in uh, Max Riot gear with AR-15s and body armor and helmets with visors and everything uh, lining the steps of the Capitol. I mean, uh, hundreds of them. And uh, they were ready for that, but because Trump had his inside men in the Pentagon and everywhere else, the the, uh, National Guard was told to stand down. They weren't there. When the real threat showed up, they were nowhere to be seen. And it fell to the the Capitol Police and later the the Washington Metropolitan Police reinforcements uh, to try to fight off this crush of crazies. And, And I'm sorry, some of them... You know, uh, they, some of them were, quote, peaceful, but they, it was their numbers that made the others able to get what, where they did and do it. They were just as guilty as the, the guy with the poles and the spears and the, the bear repellent and all, all the other nasty stuff they had with them. You know, the thing is, is that people will say all the things that Donald Trump did to damage this country. But the most damage to this country was what he didn't do. COVID comes along. He calls it a hoax. He says it's not real. He tells people not to take the vaccine. Don't believe the government. A million people die. Mm -hmm. People come to the White House. He says they stole the election. He had control, not Nancy Pelosi, control over the National Guard, the police, and everything else. And he sits in his fucking dining room and relishes in the fact that these people are fighting him. So now we've got a coup attempt by Donald Trump, and no one can convince me otherwise. Donald Trump was the main force behind this. But think about this. He he killed a million people because he did nothing for COVID. He did nothing for the uh, January 6th insurrection and almost got our country overthrown. And if that weren't enough, now we're hearing that when he left the Oval Office, he took documents with him illegally, and some of those documents might be uh, nuclear weapons documents. And we know what he's going to do with them because that's just there be there is absolutely no reason for him to have documents, let alone nuclear documents. There is no explanation for him having those other than something criminal or something seditious. So My question is, if you've got a guy who's done all three of these things, I mean, what's a motherfucker have to do to get in jail? Well, you begin to wonder, you know, and I I asked the same question, like the judge example, for example, who uh, 
issued the search warrant, right? This is a magistrate judge. People keep saying that he was appointed by Trump. That's not true. He was not appointed. Magistrate judges are not appointed by the president. They're appointed by other judges. Right. Um, And I didn't uh, know that. So I stand corrected on that. Thank you. Yeah. But no, he was not appointed by Trump or by neither one. But um, and then he did, uh, I, I believe he did uh, donate some money to a couple of Democratic causes at one point. Um, but um, it doesn't matter. Being, he's long... getting, no, no, it's it does. Clearly illegal. It's, you're right. It, the, the, the action was illegal, issuing the. Uh, uh, the uh, search warrant was completely legal and was done as it should be done when he was presented with the evidence of what they believed was there and uh, what they were going to find. So, yeah, I was completely above board, but he's getting death threats now. And the reason he's getting death threats is because all of these, the Jim Jordans, the McCarthy's, the, all of these and the Fox guys and, and, but, but elected officials even worse are, are uh, you know, claiming this guy did something wrong. And I've, I've heard some of those death threats. One of them I heard, the guy says, you almost cut his head off and his wife and his kids, uh, too. Now, that guy, right now, they should be breaking down his front door, and they should be hauling him off to prison. Well, and they absolutely. should be locking him up, but they don't do that. Um, the same thing with, I'm not sure, but the same thing, you know, that they keep talking about how, uh, Biden went after parents, you know, who just went, went to school board meetings. But yeah, they did go after some of them, but they were the ones who were screaming, I'm going to kill you. And I, you know, to the, the, the superintendent of schools and the teachers and stuff and following them out and saying, yeah, we know where you live. We're coming to get you. Now that right there, uh, the sheriff should be standing there and saying, you're going to prison, boy. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a terroristic threat. It is against the law. And they have got to start rounding these mothers up. And uh, and uh, and thanks, Beto. Thanks, Beto, Beto O'Rourke, for, I love uh, that. Uh, uh, for giving us the, the words we needed. Because uh, I, that was a great scene where he called the, these guys who were laughing at the, uh, the kids, school kids being killed. And he said, you may find it funny, funny motherfuckers, but I don't. And the whole, uh, the whole room erupted in a, in a spontaneous standing ovation and cheers that you have to meet force with force. You have to meet crap with crap if you have to. And that's why Beto O'Rourke is leading in the polls now. And that's right. why he's going to become the governor of Texas, because he's standing up to these people. But that's what law enforcement has to do. And I, I know for I know right here where I am now, and I'm not going to say exactly where it is, but they are on the side of the bad guys. Yeah, the local absolutely. authorities are on the side of the bad guys. So they're never going to uh, uh, they're never going to uh, uh, sanction them. But it has to be. I mean, if you have to remove the sheriff, remove the sheriff. Now, I have a lot of respect for the Ma- police department. Find the I have a lot of respect for Michelle Obama. And she said, when they go low, we go high. And that's fine. And that's, you know, that's the right thing to do. But my experience with bullies is sometimes you have to get in the mud and give them exactly what they are fucking dishing out because they aren't capable of understanding anything different. That's why I'm saying we're almost getting to the point if these people continue to start 
doing violent things and hurting innocent people at some time, at some point, they have to pay a consequence. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't own a gun. I haven't owned a gun most of my life. I hunted when I was younger. But if I'm sitting in my home and I have every right to protect myself and some Trump fuck comes in because he's mad because I do the Rational Boomer podcast or whatever it is, I'm going to put that motherfucker down. That's not something I want to do. I have no great desire to exercise that kind of power. But at some point, there's got to be nut cutting time, if you will. You can't continue to take it and wait for the judicial system to walk them through this and maybe get them off. It, I, I, I'm at the risk of sounding sounding like militant or violent here. But what I'm saying is when you've tried everything and you still can't stop them, some people have to do something. And, you know, when they've talked about violence in the streets because of all that's going on now with the investigations and the search and stuff like that, everybody's saying, oh, I'm so worried that the Republicans are going to start a civil war. They're not going to start a civil war. Where I'm concerned the violence is going to be is if the Republicans win in the midterms and we start to lose our democracy and we start to lose our constitutional rights, there are going to be some Democrats that are scared to death. And when people get scared to death, they get fucking violent. That's where I'm concerned the violence is going to come from. Well, I'm... I'm uh... I'm of a different mind. I, where I'm not going to say that couldn't happen. Uh, it, it, it's possible, certainly, but I am concerned about the the nutbags, the low information, the idiots, the right. the, the deplorables uh, that uh, that are all around. That they're in every state. It, it's not just the South. It's not just the West. It's it. They're everywhere. And go drive through St. Cloud on a Saturday night in Minnesota and see how many Confederate license plates and flags you see. They're there. You know, uh, they had a word for it. Stearns County Syndrome, two words, Stearns County Syndrome. Uh, when I lived there, this this right wing bullshit that, that centered around St. Cloud for some reason. And, well, you know why they call areas. it? You know why they call it Stearns County Syndrome? It isn't about conservatism. It isn't about radical right. <laughs> it's about fucking inbreeding in that fucking county. <laughs> it is. I don't care is what it? everybody says. That, yeah, it's about inbreeding. There's apparently a lot of it there, which would well, make sense given the mental lacking of people in that area. Now, if well, you're in Sturge there... County and you listen to the show, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not saying everybody's that way, but if you live in Sturge County, you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Well, there's somebody sitting there listening right now going, you, you, you're talking about my wife. Hey, sis, come here. What do you <laughs> said about exactly. you? <laughs> exactly. It ain't just the deep South. We got it up here too. It's just, yeah. well, I mean, we're, 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 we're making fun, but I do, I do believe, see, I may have told you this story before, but real quick, um, a couple of years ago, uh, somehow or other, a rumor got started that Black Lives Matter was coming to town to desecrate the war memorial, which is this this flagpole and some uh, inscribed names of, uh, of uh, soldiers who died in the various conflicts. Right. Yeah. Those Black Lives uh, Matter. That's, were, that's the first thing they're going to go after. 
Yeah, yeah. In this small town in eastern Tennessee, they're coming to wipe out the war memorial, right? right. Well, uh, before you knew it, 300 bikers showed up in town, most of them with sidearms, ready to face off against Black Lives Matter. Well, nobody showed up because there was nothing going on, but a car drove by with a, a black lady in it and some N words were thrown about and so forth. And, and a small, and uh, East Tennessee State University, where I went to school in Johnson City, um, had a, a small group there called the New Panther, Panther Initiative, and they would go wherever uh, this kind of thing happened where black people were threatened or anything and they would try to have dialogue and, and, uh, and no violence, no violence at all, but try to have, and there were about 15, 20 of them, uh, mostly students who, who would come and try to have an, anal- a, a dialogue. So they sent word they were coming the next weekend to this location. And, uh, of course, then the whole area went crazy and, uh, you had every, every, uh, biker and moron for miles around showing up. And that, and uh, of course, all the law enforcement showed up, the local people and they, they brought in law enforcement from everywhere else. And they, they basically, it was a, a really volatile situation, but, uh, the, uh, the black light, the uh, new Panther initiative showed up. There was some shouting back and forth and, and so forth, but eventually they had, uh, they had like uh, the main street divided so that the, uh, the new Panther initiative was on one side and the, everybody else was on the other and there was shouting back and forth, but it eventually calmed down and there was actually some dialogue except somebody noticed there, there were these guys standing on the, uh, uh, the war memorial and uh, somebody local said, you know, those guys are Nazis. Yeah. And uh, the, the leader of the, the biker group, nah, and he yelled, Hey, are you guys Nazis? And this guy lifted his shirt and he had a swastika. Wow. <laughs> so the black lives, I mean, the, uh, the bikers then attacked the Nazis and beat the crap out of them <laughs> because they were standing on a world war two Memorial for God's sake. Right. And the only people arrested that day were the Nazis. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm, I'm for any day Nazis get the shit kicked out of them. I mean, that's a, that's a red letter day for me. So it, it all turned out, but it's very easy is my point. It's very easy to fire these mothers up and it could have gone a lot different. As a matter of fact, there was one guy that they stopped on the way. He's a, a a contractor out of Elizabethton, Tennessee, who's crazier than anybody I've ever seen. But he's one of these guys that has every gun ever made, and mm-hmm. he had declared he was coming to Rogerville to set up and destroy white, you know, Black Lives Matter. As I say, he was stopped on the way and turned back, and uh, as were some others. But uh, and it was handled, but it was far too easy to get it going in the first place they're out there and uh uh it it worries me a lot you know what the fatal flaw with these people is is that you know they come off real strong and real hateful against people of color lgbtq jewish people whatever anybody that's not like them they have this hateful demeanor and they find them a threat what actually is the basis of these people is fucking fear. They're scared to death of brown people coming across the border, black people gathering in groups bigger than two. You know, they're scared to death. And they use that to 
indoctrinate other people. We're scared. You should be scared. And that's the way they fucking do it. So these, these, these organizations are all built on fear. And when people are fearful and get emotional, they act and do and say things that are fucking things they may not do. And that's why it gets so volatile. You know, these people are scared to death that uh, something's going to happen only because somebody else told them it could happen and it's going to be horrible. So we're going to fight because we're patriots. At some point, these people are going to have to be awakened and understand what's going on here. I, I think, you know, one of the problems we have with Trump is they're given too much credibility. They show up on TV they might be a group of seven, eight, ten people, but then the media will take them and say, "Oh my God, we got to be afraid of these people." I mean, yeah. have, you, have you noticed CNN, for example? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not watching CNN too often because I'm, I'm not liking what I see. No, um, they're they're going after the 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 Fox audience for they sure. Are, they are, and and when they come out, they they are constantly talking about what's going on on the on the web about all this violent chit-chat, similar to January 5th. Oh, it's dangerous. Bad shit's going to happen. But nothing's happening. It's like they're kind of provoking these people to actually go out and do something so they have something to report on. They're not going to I think to you're it. right. I mean, that's what, I think that, you're right. that's what they do. They try to fucking stir shit up as opposed to report the news. I, I, I think you're 100% right. And the other... The other part of this that I see is that the reason the fear is there is because they have treated people of color so horribly over the years that they are convinced that should they ever get the upper hand, which they will, yeah. because yes, yes, uh, whites will be a minority by in, in the next 30 years or so, just because of birth rates and so right. forth. And right. I, I really think that's why the abortion thing was done because they want more white babies, uh, both for adoption and also to, to buck up the, the white people. I really do think that's part of it deep down, but uh, they really do believe that they will, we will be the minority and we will be treated exactly the way that we treated minorities. But I really don't think that will happen. I mean, I have, I have, I have too many black friends and, and, and really Asian and every different kind. Uh, uh, my, my friends list is so diverse that it, it, I might as well be the UN. Uh, right. And I've never felt any sort of uh, resentment. It's just, I don't think that would ever happen. I really don't. And, but what needs to happen, if white people want to keep that from happening, they should just be nicer to people. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I was talking to a guy one time and he says, aren't you concerned about being in the minority? I said, no, I'm not. He said, why not? I said, you know, people are people to me. I don't really care if they're shitty people. I don't like them, regardless of what color is. If they're good people, I like them, regardless of what color they are. It really doesn't fucking matter. Maybe you're worried because of how you treated and thought of people of color, and you're worried about retribution. Well, maybe you should be worried about retribution. You've held power for all this time, and if you've used it for evil, I guess it wouldn't be surprising if you got some retribution. So 
I'm not worried about it because I look at people as people. And if they're good people, the only time I would be concerned if I was a minority is if the majority happened to be Trumplifucks. Now yeah. we got a problem. Now we got a fucking war. Yeah. And, and you know, I think uh, people wonder why the, uh, the Republicans are standing by such an awful person as Donald Trump, who has not a single redeeming quality, not one, not yeah. one at all, not a, not an, in, in, not a tiny increment. Uh, does he have of anything decent? Why do they stand with this guy? Because, they think that for whatever reason that he can generate votes and, and because he did. And yeah. And money, but uh, because they are charged with maintaining the status quo for the oligarchs who really run the country. That is, uh, and, but they don't, they know, they know that if we can put together two back to back democratic administrations with the house and Senate, if we can do that, they will never, ever be in power again because the Democrats will level the playing field. They will uh, make sure that the minimum wage is a living wage. They will make sure that Social Security and Medicare are uh, will have universal health care. We will have everything that has been promised if we could do two administrations back to back. That's Two four-year terms for Biden, two four-year terms for whoever comes next. At yeah. that point, the Republican Party will no longer exist. And and really, there will be no conservative movement that matters because you cannot argue against success when uh, we saw it happen. And the reason I know this can work is we saw it happen after World War II. The soldiers came home. They had the GI Bill. They were able to go to school. They were able to start businesses. They were able to raise families on a single income and have the American dream into the 1970s, up until the end of the 1970s when Ronald Reagan took power and they shut off manufacturing in this country. They flipped the switch, turned it off, sent all the jobs overseas, and suddenly that working class of people, that middle class, the union jobs went away. And that's when the country went to shit. And we've been trying to get it back in, in you know, increments since. Obama did some. Biden's doing more. Give us two more administrations. We will have what we had in the 1950s. And if you didn't experience it, I'm sorry for you because it was great. Go look at Beaver Cleaver because that was real. That really happened. Father Knows Best, all of those shows, those were real. It was that good if you were white. Yeah. Yeah. It was well, not good if you were black or a person of color, Hispanic. It was not. We can make it good for everybody now. We know better. We can do better. But that's what's got to happen. Give us two back-to-back administrations, 16 years, and you will see paradise on earth in the United States, at least as close as we can get. Now, I've said recently that I'm sensing the tide turning a little bit away from the Republicans to the Democrats. I have to suggest that this this, uh, search of Donald Trump's home 
and the possibility of, of documents involving nuclear weapons has given us a hard turn to the left. We're almost getting to the point where there's a point of no return for the Republicans. And and the, the other big thing about this is Joe Biden's doing nothing but winning. Today exactly. They're, and we, today exactly. they're going to vote on the Inflation Reduction Bill. It will pass the House. Joe Biden will sign it into law. There will be benefits to climate change, to health care, and money will go back in the pockets of the middle class. And come the midterms, that's going to pay dividends. That's right. I mean, your grandma is going to be able to get her insulin for $35 now. It's too bad you can't. Republicans stop that. But the, your grandma and grandpa will, or your mother and father, they'll be yeah. able to get it. If they're on Medicare, 35 bucks. Their, uh, their maximum output for drugs will be two grand a year, which is still way too high, but it's better than 16000 30,000. There's so many benefits in in that bill that's going to touch people. It's going to make a difference. And we can do better. We can give 35, we can give $10 insulin to everybody. (laughs) We we can have universal health care. So you don't have to worry about your co-pays and you don't have to worry about whether or not you can have that procedure or you can uh, yeah, okay, well, you can have the uh, you can have that life-saving operation, but you got to come up with $8,000 first for the copay. You know, I mean that will all be history. It can right. be done. We've we've seen it done. Joe Biden has done it. And and uh, the people in Congress and the Senate that support him and it, it's been a narrow. It's been a razor's edge. We could have done better, but for uh, Mansion and Cinema, but at least they're on board for, with this one. We were able to do the infrastructure bill with a few Republicans. Uh, I mean, it it can happen. I mean, we've seen it done, and it will get better, and it will keep better, getting better with each success. Vote blue, vote blue, vote blue, vote blue, and it will happen. Well, there's still people whining, well, yeah, but it's not the Build Back Better bill. There's a lot of stuff we're not getting. At this stage of the game, what we need to do is get whatever we can get. And if we do our job as voters and uh, give a bigger margin than the House and the Senate to the Democrats, then we've got two years to play with to do some things. I don't know that we have to wait till grandma and grandpa's um, getting the insulin deal. Once we get through the midterms and once they have power, we're going to see some bigger bills come to play. And 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 they won't be have as much pushback because the Republicans won't have as much power. Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema, uh, assuming the Senate goes the way it looks, are going to be inconsequential. So we won't give a fuck what they want to do. I think in the next two years, if everything is done right, we expose all the Republicans for who they are. We win the midterms. We've got two years to catch up pretty quick. I agree. And I I, I would even say if we win the midterms, we win the presidential election, too. Oh, no uh, question. We'll have, we'll, we'll have the momentum. And, I mean, quite frankly, we'll have the numbers. You know, I mean, uh, if you vote and you win, it's it's like any any sports team, right? If your sports team loses every year, unless you're a Cubs fan, <laughs> you you give up on them, you know, and and they they have a hard time attracting uh, um, their uh, their fans. They dwindle. Uh, but if they suddenly you know get an infusion of talent and they start doing better, then you start filling the stadiums again. Uh, 
And uh, before you know it, you're back on top. And that's what the Democrats are going to do. We're going to fill the stadiums again because they're going to deliver. It seems like it's written in the cards right now. I mean, I get a sense about things, and I know when something in my life goes bad or is going to go good. And I'm getting a good feeling about this whole situation, especially with the revelations of these documents that Donald Trump has. This may be the one thing to stop him cold. because and that's there, all we need. That's all we need. One thing. That's, and that's what I've always said is everybody's worried about this investigation, that investigation. All we need is one indictment. Once that one yeah. indictment hits, it's fucking over. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy that if in New York they come up with all kinds of financial uh, sanctions against him for all the things that his uh, organization has done, he won't see any jail time out of that. But he he'll, he'll be hurt financially. I'm fine with that. Um, Georgia, I don't know. Maybe they'll find him or something there. I don't see him going to prison for that one either. But this one. This one could have some major consequences because there's no doubt that he took the stuff. He's guilty of that alone. Right. Um, And if he's if he held back major stuff and defied a subpoena, how does he get out of it? Well, and and then if we find out that he did have have uh, um, nuclear documents and maybe there's some hint that he did something nefarious with it. I don't know how you don't put the guy in jail. I mean, yes, he's president, and yes, that 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 causes all kinds of problems if you put a former president in jail. But if you've got somebody who, again, mounted a coup, who lied constantly, and now is trying to shuffle off sensitive information, dangerous top-secret information to other adversarial countries— you got to put the motherfucker in jail. They're, they're, I mean, it's just too egregious. It's too unbelievable. Something we've never seen. Absolutely. And uh, I, I really lament the fact there there was a local lady who was heavy, heavily in the queue, right? Oh, and yeah. I used to, and she had, uh, she, either she didn't know how or she didn't care, but she didn't uh, secure her uh uh, Facebook page. So I could go there at any point and listen to whatever garbage that, that Q was spreading and that they were buying into, right? Well, eventually her Facebook uh, account was canceled. Yeah. And uh, she's on one of those, you know, gab or crap or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the other right wing ones now where I have no uh, intention of going. So I can't follow to see if it's even a thing anymore. I've, I've heard there's sort of a resurgence. And every now and then they'll show up somewhere claiming that Jeff Gate Jr. is coming or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's but, coming. But nobody ever shows up. You know, it, it's it's like the pillow guy. I mean, I, this guy has amazing staying power. Uh, I'll give him that. You know, he's still going. Oh, I've got the uh, I've got the evidence. We're going to put him back in power now any day. You know, he was at CPAC. You know, uh, doing that same thing. You know, it always but, strikes uh, me strange with everything that Q has said, everything that Mike Lindell has said, everything that any of these crazy fucks have said, not one thing has come true. Not one has been true. How? When do you have enough intelligence to say, well, this guy's always wrong. Maybe I shouldn't follow him. But they still do. Well, I, I think the problem is, is that there is a certain mindset, and there's a certain kind of person. And, and you know, I, 
believe me, I have nothing against religion, uh, organized religion, um, I, except when they try to do things like force the force of, you know, like abortion. try to yeah, keep abortions, uh, uh, make abortions Ill- illegal or, or other things, force their beliefs on other people. I do have a problem with that. But uh, in general, I don't because I do think it does some good. And I've seen some people that basically turned their lives around because of that who were in a pretty bad way. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, uh, say everybody who's a quote Christian is bad. They're not. Oh, hell no. They're they're just not. As a matter of fact, most of them are pretty decent people, uh, better than me. (laughs) But uh, uh, I, uh, I do think there's a mindset when belief comes to be your central thing rather than intellectual thought, then you are primed to be seduced by people who don't have your best interest at heart. The Trumps, the uh, the Greg Locks. I mean, uh, that's a local preacher here in Tennessee who's a crazy. Uh, but uh, he's but, national. Trust me, you see him all over fucking TikTok uh, and the internet. Okay, well, well, do you know who he is? And there, there's, there's, there's others. There's the the straight out money grubbing guys, you know. Um, but the, they they draw thousands of people to their stadiums, and 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 they uh, they go every Sunday, and they give huge amounts of money, just like they do to Trump. I mean, he's already raising money off this one. You know, uh, no matter what it is, he's uh, the first thing you see from him is. Uh, uh, I, I, they were sure the other day on uh, that he had a a fundraising thing where if you clicked on the hundred dollars, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a recurring hundred dollars, just like he's gotten in trouble for before where he's had to give the money back because, uh, you know, people give him a hundred dollars in the next month, they take another hundred, another hundred, another hundred, you know, until they notice it. Um, But uh, there's a propensity once belief is your major thing. And by belief, I mean, you take, you take as truth that there was this couple, Adam and Eve, and she got talked into eating an apple by a snake and, and so forth. Right. Now, if you believe that uh, with all your heart and soul, that opens you up to believing anything ridiculous because it is ridiculous. Um, It's, it's a, it's a metaphor. It's it's a way an ancient people found a way of of, of of trying to put into into words a concept they couldn't come up with any other way. So they looked around and said, "Well, maybe it happened this way." I don't think they even believed it at the time. But but you know, as it comes down, if 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 the preacher's telling you, you have to believe this or you can't be a Christian, get a new preacher. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's it's bullshit. Um, and and the same is true of I mean if you believe that at some point uh, you're going to be lifted up into the clouds, well God bless you you know I mean I, I hope it happens the way you want but um, it, it's still something you can't prove but if you believe it with all your heart that opens you up to believing other really strange things because if you believe that at some point you're going to be drawn up into the clouds <laughs> then you may you may also believe that jfk jr is still alive and he's coming back to join up with trump and take over the country okay uh, I, it, i'm going to balance this out a little bit 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to balance this out a little bit. I'm not a fan of organized religion for me. If people want to go to organized religion, they're getting a good experience and it's giving them positive things. God bless you. Uh, you should continue doing it. It's not about whether religion is wrong. I, I just, I don't like joining clubs because clubs are run by humans and humans have uh, faults and they sometimes use their power and money to influence other people wrongly. Um, that said, I would consider myself a Christian in the sense that I do believe in a higher power. I do believe in God. And I think it's far more simple. <laughs> it's a matter of how you treat people, how you deal with people. Are you a good person? And, and, and do you live your life according to way a God would want you to do it, assuming that, that God is, uh, benevolent? Um, so, for me, I believe in God. I believe there's going to be some place after I go. I, I can't identify it. I can't explain it. And while I can't prove it, I have this innate knowing in my mind that, that, that it's true. And I've had this innate knowing of a lot of things through my life. So I feel confident in it. But the point is, is religion should not come into the play when it comes to politics, and that's where our problem is. Right. People want to take their personal morality or their personal religion, force it on you by way of politics, and that's fucked up. That's really fucked up. It doesn't, you know, people believe a lot of shit. Some of it crazy, some of it good, some of it bad, but none of that should matter. We're talking about rule of law. We're talking about what's right. We're talking about taking care of other people like we should. Um, and if we could just focus on that as opposed to the religious part of it, I think we're all better off. Right. And, and, and I agree with you a thousand percent. And you just articulated the central tenet of Christianity as expressed by Jesus Christ. Love, uh, love God, love your neighbor. That's it. That's there ain't nothing else. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. There's nothing about gay people don't count. Gay people are evil. It's not there. You know, I mean, that's not part of the central thing. That's just superfluous bullshit. Read, read, if, if you're going to be a Christian, uh, you better read it and you better let me know that you read it. Because if you're just listening to somebody else, you're not a Christian. I'm sorry. You're just yeah, not. That's right. You're, 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 you're buying what somebody else is telling you and you're, uh, that's, that person is the center of your religion, not, not the Bible, not Jesus, not God. Um, so if you can't show me that you've read it and understand it, and you know that that's the central tenet, then I, I don't want anything to do with you. Just because you say you're Christian doesn't mean you're Christian. Just because you say you believe in God and live by the word of God doesn't mean you fucking do it. Well, we've run very long here. And, yeah. uh, so we're going to, we're going to wrap it up. For another Rational Boomer podcast, we were way long here, but we had a lot of shit to talk about. So, Ed, I appreciate you taking the time and, and talking to me here. I think this is all worthy of the talk. What we have yet to come is, are they going to release the search warrant and all the list of documents that they got from Donald Trump's house? They're going to vote on the um Inflation reduction bill, that's going to pass. That's a given. But we're still waiting to see what's happening with Donald Trump. So it should be interesting the next few hours uh, into tomorrow. And I'll be doing a podcast tomorrow, uh, 
early tomorrow morning. So we'll be able to recap some of that as well. But thank you, Ed, for joining us today, as always. You bet. All right, you too. And uh, we'll talk to you Monday. All right. Sounds good. Hope you all have a great day and we will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.